This is Quarantine Chronicles, episode 17, brought to you all the way from Los Angeles, California. I am your host, Kevin. To my virtual left, we have Jason. Hello. To my virtual right, we have Angel. Good morning. Good morning. If you're listening to in the morning. Otherwise, just hello. <laughs> what, about, what about a good evening or a good afternoon? Oh, that you're right. Good evening, good afternoon, and good night. And what if like it's like see... at the cusp of midnight and you have to say like good morrow? Is that what is that, uh, that, is that what you say? For, I don't know. For, for, I don't know. It tomorrow? just sounded right. Like, no, Truman, but I'm just that's from Truman it, Show. Good morrow is no. Yeah, it's or, like that in that. He just says like <laughs> the good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Mm. Hmm. I good movie. Do do we have any numbers on when people watch or not watch listen to the podcast? Uh, not at my fingertips, but I could probably dig around the various Apple data we have and spotify data and see like i can tell you we're listening to in like 84 countries okay yeah that's cool or something crazy like that so yeah i didn't know this yeah no i you did because i tweeted it from the random town's account a year ago you act like he he looks at that account yeah i mean like come on (laughs) you guys don't pay attention to your own podcast account that you don't have a control over come on I mean, I do every now and then. You should know by now <laughs> what I do know and not know. I know. I'm, I'm double-checking that number real quick. Uh, 84 countries. Nope, I got that totally wrong. 19 countries. <laughs> oh How did God. you? <laughs> I don't know where 84 came from, unless it's this year. which I, I went from going, like, I am so humble to only 19? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's like almost so four long. and a half times the amount of countries. Yeah, this is. See, look at that live fact, fact check I just did. <laughs> Together, it's uh, eleven thousand six hundred thirty-seven miles of mind of mind-expanding listening, is what the little image says from Spotify a year ago. From Belgium to New Zealand. Damn. Okay, yeah. That I mean, I would assume that a lot of English-speaking countries would listen to us. Who's who else would theoretically listen to us? Uh, someone in a country where they don't speak English. Yeah, but, but why would English. they listen to us? I uh, that's a good question. Mm. Because we're wonderful. It's because we're really great. That that's why. Oh we're man, don't, don't no. We we are the worst. <laughs> I'm just okay. I'm just talking about Americans in general. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so before we get into the usual stuff, uh, we have our biweekly COVID. What did I call this segment? The the biweekly uh, co- SoCal COVID update. Yeah, and then it's preceded by a jingle of yours, Jason. And every time it changes. Oh, uh, uh, COVID. That's all I got. All right. Well, that's the, that, Uh-oh. that sounds like somebody who has COVID <laughs> <laughs> trying to, trying to bring it out. Um, okay. Every time. So since the last episode of QC, I believe we were about to end our stay at home orders. Uh, they were extended. So, stay-at-home orders for all of SoCal, right? The the exact same places they've... Uh, I believe so. They might have actually... Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so stay-at-home orders have been extended. And then on top of that, a new strain of coronavirus has been found here in Los Angeles. Brought all the way from the UK, because of course, we can't, we can't get away from those, from those pesky Brits. You know, we... <laughs> We we secede from them and then they just find a way to uh to bring us back down to their level. I'm kidding. If 
if anybody from the UK is listening to this. It's our second most, it's the country with the second biggest audience for us. I am so sorry. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, they speak English there, so, like yeah. we do. No, they no, put we extra speak vowels, American. Or um, we, take extra, we take extra vowels out. Yeah, it's, it's too much work for us. Mm-hmm. Well, one, one, one extra letter is too much work for us. It really is. Uh, aside from that, yeah, it really bothers me whenever I see color versus color. Color. Get rid of the U. Color. <laughs> color. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it's still pronounced color though, or maybe it isn't. I don't know. Yeah. As- is, aside from is. that, I think all of America is having this problem. Uh, we have a bunch of vaccines that seem to be going to waste because we have no proper infrastructure on how to distribute them. Correct. Yeah. So this podcast is just going to be part of our lives now. Yep. We're going to eventually have to rename it or something. Oh, man. Well, I mean, like, I, you know, after COVID. Well, I guess we won't have to rename it, to your point, because COVID. Yeah, exactly. It's forever and always. Um, And I guess with that, we could start the episode. And what do <laughs> what we have What a way to talking? begin. <laughs> COVID <laughs> is forever and always. So let's talk media. Yeah, let's talk media. The the, the 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 only thing that 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 is uh, keeping us sane during these stay at home times, the after times, is what I like to go. You know, there's there's two points in your life after COVID and before COVID. The before times and the after times. We're in the after times. We're gonna be in the after well, times for a while too. Well into the after times. Yeah. All right. Uh, Angel, talk to us about Cobra Kai. I'm Angel. <laughs> yeah. So Cobra Kai. What a interesting journey was for me to even. To start watching the show. Because obviously, like, it's been in the... I don't even know what to call it. Sidegeist? The pop culture, yeah, that guys, like, for a good while now, I feel like... It's one of those... It's another show that, like, everyone's been talking about. Like, at work, at Twitter, like, everyone, it just feels like, oh, have you seen Cobra Kai? Like, oh, Cobra Kai is amazing. And I don't know, I, I typically don't really watch shows when they get a lot of buzz like that. Not like I'm avoiding it because they have that buzz. Like, I just... I, I guess, like, kind of like Nintendo. Like, I'll just watch things, like, whenever... All of a sudden, I just feel like it. Like, it has nothing to do when the general consensus is. If anything, what would push me to watch something more often than not is um, when someone I know or, like, someone directly recommends something to me. That's usually when I'll go and watch it. And at that time, I don't think anyone in our, like, group, even if they were watching it, didn't directly go, like, oh, man, you guys should watch Cobra Kai. It was just something that my sister and brother-in-law just decided to watch one night i remember why maybe they were the ones that brought it up but we were just like this is watch something short and luckily like every episode is like around 30 minutes on average they're less than 30 minutes but sometimes they still go over um but yeah we watched the first season and i had watched the karate kid a couple times before like it's a movie i've seen it just pops up on tv i know i've seen it on my own i've seen it in big groups so it was still pretty fresh in my head yeah i really like the show i can see why a lot of people are recommending it honestly i think you will like the show more if it's been a little while longer since you've seen the movie i feel like um like because we saw the movie yesterday night as of this recording actually there were some things like specifically like the very very ending of the movie that kind of made me go like wait the johnny daniel relationship it seems like it was kind of like fixed in a way you know, he got the respect at the end of the tournament. But then the whole show kind of revolves around the fact that they really hate each other. So it kind of makes me wonder, like, huh, what happened? Like, I want to watch part two, see maybe it kind of, like, has something that happens that developed into more hatred. But for the most part, if ignoring that, 
it's really great. The people that reprise their role mainly are just like the character of like Johnny, Daniel, and the mom. Basically, the main rival from Cobra Kai, the main character, Daniel, who was like Miyagi's, you know, student, and his mom. Without going into any spoilers, like those are pretty much like the people we focus on. And even though it's called Cobra Kai, it really is a split between Daniel and Johnny. Like it kind of flips back and forth between like what's going on with them. And what makes me really like just appreciate the show is just how well developed these characters are. You almost like when I mean that you get I feel like this make <laughs> it kind of works better when you watch it further a little more distance from the movie is that you as I was watching it I kind of got this like feeling that the characters were way more developed than they really were in the movie I guess um I don't know because just because the show like does a really good job just like it does drop a lot of like scenes from the movie but it drops them in like strategic parts where it just like helps develop its plot it's almost like i'm not really saying like it doesn't retcon anything but it shows you just what it wants you to see and it probably like doesn't show you what it like jason can test it because he actually watched the movie with me um last night as of this recording Mm -hmm. i'm I'm gonna stop saying as of this recording people know what i mean when i say yesterday um (laughs) Like, Daniel is, like, really hot-headed. He almost has, like, half the things that... Sure, like, I feel like... I don't know. Maybe other people just remember it different than I did, but... He's a jerk. Um, when you're watching the show... <laughs> He's yeah, when you're watching the show, jerk. like... Like, when you're watching the show, like, you typically remember, like, oh, Daniel's the good guy, Johnny's the bad guy. And then the show definitely hammers home how, like, you know, how big of a jerk Johnny was. But Johnny... Yeah, I mean, he takes things further than he has to, but it's only because he was already instigated most of the time. Yeah, and it just makes him look that much more evil. But then when you watch the movie, you're like, oh, he was, like, only half to blame. Like, Daniel was probably just as bad. I mean, there was a scene where he, like, just straight up, like, hoses him in the bathroom, like, unprompted on anything. He could have just left it alone. But that led to, like, the big beating that led Miyagi to finally train him. So... I mean, I guess who knows what would have happened if he didn't do that. I mean, I guess the plot had to happen, but yeah. I mean, besides that, they do a really good job of making both characters extremely likable. Like, you really want to root for both of them, but you know if you do, like, one of them has to lose if the other one is going to win because they're, you know, they're at odds with each other. And they have, I don't know, and the show, like, you know, it's, I would label it kind of like a comedy drama. Like, it doesn't take itself super seriously. But it does have some pretty heavy moments at times. Yeah, how's the tone compared and, to the movie? Because the movie's tone, I felt like, was so I don't know. <laughs> like, is it when you watched it, when it, you went back and the watched the movie yesterday? Did it match the tone of what you're watching in Cobra Kai? Or did it seem more like ridiculous? I, I like the I don't know. Like the first third of Cry Kid, watching it back, just they felt so like the dialogue was so stilted and everything was so like overly eighties. Like, did they keep that vibe or did they kind of like not grow it up a bit no, but modernize it, it a bit? It's definitely way more modernized. It feels more like your typical, I guess, drama. I don't know. I want to compare. It, uh, let's see what the show could compare it to. Uh, this is kind of like an extreme comparison, but I want to compare it in tone to like Breaking Bad. What? What? Because. <laughs> Breaking Bad, um, like, and, and I'm strictly just strictly talking tone here, because um, it talks about like Breaking Bad can be it's pretty funny at times. It has like some comedic moments. In fact, like I don't know, a lot of its some of its memorable times are just 
comedic moment, namely with Jesse. Only because I couldn't think of another example off the top of my head. Like, because I mean, any I, other I, show I could think of is, like, full comedy. Well, I was going to guess, I like, really a CW DC Universe show or, like, Chuck or something like those, that. So like, I wouldn't know. I, that's what I would assume oh, they were going okay, with. Okay, okay. Th- those are, like, super teen dramas, though. Chuck isn't so much, but in terms of the, like, lighter fare but still action-y but still has some heart. Or are you saying it's really that it's, heavy? No, because, like, it's it leans more on... It's it's like a lighter version of Breaking Bad. I don't know. It's, Breaking Bad is like a bad comparison, but it's like the only one that isn't like a full comedy that I could think of. I guess the only other thing I could say it's like if you take like, oh man, you can't even really use those shows because I was gonna say like you know Parks and Rec or The Office or I mean those are just straight up like sitcoms. Um, I don't. Know. It's my gut feeling is I'm going to watch it and think it's, of Chuck. it's much better than... That's my gut feeling. I feel like it's going to remind me of Chuck, just based on what you're describing. But Chuck Chuck is way more... Over. I, so I, I haven't seen the show. Uh, I, I saw the first Karate Kid a long time ago. And then... But, but I have heard, and I've seen the discourse online about what the show's mm-hmm. like. This mm-hmm. Chuck is a more overt comedy than this. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe tone down the comedy. There's definitely gotcha. more like... I mean... If you, I mean, even just knowing the history of the first movie, like if you know the plot of the first of the movie and you didn't watch it, but you still watch the show, I think you would still really enjoy it. Just because like, it's very kind of like, um, I don't know, I, obviously like many people probably haven't seen this, but kind of like Space Brothers, um, that show, you know, it's about like, it mainly focuses around like older people and like their ordeals and their day to day life. This one kind of does that too. And like when it does sprinkle some comedy in there. For the most part, it's just like kind of like a nice nostalgia trip and just how I guess these characters are. Because I mean, it's really cool just seeing them 30 years later and how they're dealing with, you know, be it their successes or their failures. And the the comics are just done in a really nice, like sometimes like, you know, it could feel like, oh, they're practically playing most of the first movie to you. Because I mean, they do use a lot of clips from the first movie, but Everything else, like, I don't know, the references are either super subtle or kind of in your face, but it's really, I don't know, it's all done in a, in a great way. You could tell, like, the writing team or whoever, like, made this, like, really wanted to modernize the plot, mo- like, because everything feels well-paced. Actually, that's a really great word, great thing to say. It's really well-paced. The action in the really, in the earlier episodes, specifically, like, the first one, kind of feel a little TMNT2. And I mean, like, the second live-action Ninja Turtle movie, the very first one. Or, you know, like, it, it just feels, like, overly choreographed. Like, it, it do, doesn't really feel like sometimes, like, they're hitting each other. But that's only an issue that's really a thing in the first, very first few episodes. Um, After that, like, the fighting becomes much, much better. But, I don't know, it's just the pacing, the, I guess, the lightheartedness at times. And even the, I guess, the more serious parts, like... Anytime, like, things are going well, they kind of turn it on its head and just like, ah, oh, man, they were making so much progress and now this happens. Or, like, ah, oh, they were so close to, like, seeing through. Like, I mean, you know, a lot of it is, like, some of it can be predictable, but that, I feel, isn't a knock on it because you want to see how they get to that point. It's more about, you know, the journey than the destination. You know that there's going to be, like, this tournament at the end. Like, after watching the first episode or maybe the first two, I'm sure you'll be able to pick out, like, oh, okay, clearly this is going to... This person's going to be involved with this person. This is going to be involved with that person. But that doesn't take away any of the enjoyment from it. Like, I'm definitely really looking forward to the next seasons, especially with how, like, I just started watching 
I just watched the first two episodes of the second season and like the plot is like it's progressing along nicely. Like you actually the first season ends in a pretty satisfying way. It does end in a cliffhanger, obviously, but I think um like even the first season just has like a nice little story to it. And especially, I mean, if you enjoyed the first and if you enjoyed the karate kid like i think it'll make you like the movie and every it kind of elevates both like the show gets better if you enjoy the movie and if you enjoyed the show you actually end up enjoying the movie more like it's kind of cool how that happens like i was mentioning how because like the movie like definitely feels like a product of its time like i wouldn't say it definitely hasn't aged perfectly but I feel like after watching the show, it made me a bigger fan of the movie. Even, yeah, so I think, like, yeah, this show definitely helped the, the movie. The, the key question, does the Norwalk golfing stuff show up in the show? The golfing stuff in your part of the world, is that in the show or is it only in the movie? It's still there. You just... think it does? I don't, I don't know, maybe it doesn't, but there is a golf date at some point. But I don't remember because I think, um, yeah, I don't remember if that was exactly a golfing stuff or something. But, but there is a, a golfing place at some point. It could be. But yeah, definitely it's worth checking out. I, I, I recommend it, especially because I definitely prefer the shorter shows right now. I don't know if it's just because of time or something, but I, if something is like 45 minutes long and a lot of these shows that do end up having 45 minute long episodes, you know, like Netflix or any of these things, because this is on Netflix. They're not like set in stone, always going to be 45 minutes. Sometimes they go to 50. Sometimes they are a little longer. It's like you're watching a little movie every time, kind of like Breaking Bad. And I can't really do those kinds of shows that often. It almost feels too, like it feels exhausting. I don't know. To me, it's just like after an episode or two, I'm just kind of like exhausted. But because it's so bite-sized and just well-paced, it doesn't feel like you watch a 30-minute episode. Like, you feel really satisfied, and it just goes by quickly, and you're like, oh, I could still watch another. I don't know. It's it's one of those like, shows that's really easy to binge, which is always great. Kind of like the Harley Quinn show, which I also recommend. That's a e- really easy show to binge. But, yeah, check it out. Also check out. It's going to give another shout-out to the Jackie Chan version. Um, yep, I was, I was about to ask. great, in my opinion. Like, that one, if I were to just, like, if someone asked me, like, oh, which of the two Karate Kid films is your preferred go-to version, I would definitely say the Jackie Chan version. Oh. Um, I mean, outside of just obviously having, like, a big bias towards Jackie Chan. Um, I don't know. I just think everything is paced and just, I don't know, just kind of flows better, in my opinion, um, than the original. But, I don't know, they're both good in their would own you, way. Even Jaden Smith, I feel I feel he did a good job in that film. you say the pace flows as good as Jaden's rap? Sorry, I can't I resist. Never I can't. Heard of yes, that, you have. It's in the credits of that movie. He sings the song at the end of the movie. I, I think as soon as the credits begin to roll, I just stop. Uh, at least I think. At least I think he's in the. I know he did a song for the movie when he was like thirteen or whatever. It's with. Yeah, it's with the, Bieber, the nice I think. thing about that movie is, it's like you don't need to watch. Obviously, you shouldn't have to have watched the original Karate Kid to enjoy the reversion i mean the the remake because you know it's a remake but if you did watch the remake they do a lot of like nods to the original movie but you know they kind of just like play with the expectations a little because you know it's it's its own thing but a lot of the beats are almost the beats are the same for the most part like you have like if they begin the same way like both are leaving their home country with friends chasing after them except one is going on an airplane to a whole other country. They see this girl, boy gets in the way, and there's even, like, a parallel to the whole um Daniel, like, pouring water into Johnny when he's, like, you know, minding his own business. And this one, 
Jaden drops like a bucket of, I guess, waste or something <laughs> on the bullies. But the bullies feel a little more, are definitely more antagonistic in this film. So it almost feels more like, like Jaden isn't the right, even though, you know, he shouldn't have had to do that. But yeah, even like the introduction of Miyagi and Jackie Chan is like almost identical. But, you know, at the end of the day, just your preference. I mean, you know, this one's also just a more modernized version. So if you had an issue with the stilted acting in the beginning of the movie or anything like that, then this will be more your taste, but I think it just kind of depends on what you grew up with as well mm-hmm. that will impact it. I, I will say to your point about but shorter... They're both good. They're both, they're both great. I, I feel like the just the Chucky Chan one shouldn't be disregarded, I guess is all I'm saying. I, I will say to your point about shorter drama episodes, like dramas that have shorter than 45-minute episodes, that is kind of nice. I've been watching um, a teacher on Hulu. I'll probably talk about it next episode. But um, yeah, those are like 22 minutes each. And it's actually really nice. It makes it really mm-hmm. digestible. And I mean, for that one, it's really important because the subject line's so heavy. It's about a uh, teacher that um, has an affair with one of her students, and he's, I think, seventeen. And so uh, there's a lot of like heaviness to that. But um, yeah, like the bite size makes it really easy. It just like if you want binge, you binge. If you're like, all right, I'm good. Like it only takes twenty minutes of your time. Like I'm, I'm all for more dramas splitting up into those sort of bite sized bits. Like it sounds like Cobra Kai does. So in that case, how's mm-hmm. the Queen's Gambit? Which is the opposite of that in every way. It's like an hour long thing. But no, it's, um, Queen's Gambit's really good. Um, but there's like, only I'm, like six episodes, right? What? But there's only like six episodes. There are episodes, seven right? episodes of the Queen's Gambit. Like um, it is basically a movie sliced into seven parts. Like it's the same director for all the episodes. It's, you know, all shot the same way. It's not like a TV show where sometimes they bring in different directors and it has like a slightly different style per episode. It's very much a mini series, which is why it's billed as such. Um, I really liked it. I was surprised by how much I liked it. I mean, I went in pretty blind. And in a way, I almost recommend that. So anyone who hasn't seen The Queen's Gambit and just knows, oh, it's about chess, like, just go in knowing that and you'll be really surprised. Um, and if you do want to know more, I will keep well, talking. Now I won't be. But, um, like, it, what was that? Nothing. Well, now I won't be. Uh, well, yeah. But it, uh, it was like, it's not like, it has like a huge plot twist, but it ends up, well, first of all, just as you watch it, it's like all these, you watching like, oh, okay, this is a little darker than a thing about chess. And you're like, oh, hey, it's that one actor from Mazer. Oh, Dudley from Harry Potter is in this? Like, it's just like when you know nothing and you go in, it's really interesting just to see like how you kind of discover things as you go. But the, the real thing that I discovered was that the show, while about chess and ultimately focuses on chess, is really not about chess. It's about the journey of this character, Beth Harmon. She's this like, prodigy at chess she uh is an orphan and you kind of just follow her trials and tribulations her ups and downs as she um sort of navigates the world through her ability to be good at chess so like in the very first episode you know you um she put in an orphanage and one of the other kids and they this orphanage is in the 50s and they give the kids tranquilizers like literally once a day they to keep them calm and she actually gets addicted to them in the very first episode and that kind of that addiction sort of follows her, her through her whole life and through the whole series and it's just, you know, following her, uh, as she starts to hone her skill, following her as she kind of comes out of her shell from being this very shy person, following her as she, like, experiences grief, following her as she finds a new family, following her as she, uh, kind of, like, comes, uh, comes into her own as this really powerful chess player and how she goes from being this really quiet kid into this, like, kind of snarky, really dominant force in the chess world. And it's just really well done. It's very much like, a um, What's the term for it? Uh, prestige TV. Like every like it, everything about it, the way it's shot, the way like the set design, the costume design. Like it, it has some Mad Men vibes because it's set in a similar uh, time frame of like sixties, fifties, uh, and sixties. It's it's yeah. It's I was really surprised, and you know you don't need necessarily 
to understand chess because one of the things I think it does really well is it doesn't actually like if you know chess you can follow it and probably be like oh that's that's crazy they did that move oh my god and they did have like expert chess players as consultants and the and the actors apparently all actually played the chess games they were doing they didn't just do the one move and be like and cut like they actually were playing through chess um using the moves that they were advised to do um but they focus enough on not the chess like even in the chess scenes they spend more time on the face of the characters specifically beth who's played by oh what's her name um she's and, like uh, she was Taylor in Joy. yeah yeah and she Addison was Robinson? no what what kevin said and um and they really focus on her face and she's really good at like being compelling in that you see her like her the gears turning you see her thinking about what to do and you can see the second her eyes light up like she's got the move or you can see you know the opponent's face and how they're kind of reading the situation and i think that more than the actual chess pieces moving around which they literally half the time don't even have in the shot um i think that's kind of what makes it so compelling is it's basically a, it's basically a human drama that just happens to have she- uh chess as it's like a uh, backdrop but it's really about uh, her so so you wouldn't say it made you more compelled to try chess um not chess? me personally i know for a lot of people it did and it's actually kind of um they sort of even nod to that in the show because there's like a point where I I think I think no 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 but I think that well sorta I mean they show her learning it but I think there's a point where someone actually says to her like you inspired me to start playing chess or something um, and and that's a whole another angle of it is it's kind of on the back they reference it without going too deep into it but they do keep sort of focusing around she's this woman in a man's world like chess especially at that point was this like battle of wits between the ussr and the u.s and like for some reason they were channeling who's the smarter like culture through like chess so it became like this whole thing at that time like in real life and they kind of leverage that and then have like on top of that like oh and it's a woman what but they always just kind of stop at the oh it's a woman what and then she just kind of makes her way like they don't the focus isn't so much like you know how beth conquers a man's world it's more how beth conquers her own demons and does her thing and you know, makes makes it to the top and all that. Um, which very much like Cobra Kai, it, this thing has a Hollywood ending. So it's very much about the the journey she takes in the rise and falls than it is about you know the the uh, is she gonna win or not. Like, there's no real. I mean, she suffers losses, but like she's constantly moving up throughout the series. Um, well, mostly. Um, so it's yeah, it's just yeah, it's just a really good like human drama. It's um and and. Honestly, some of the cinematography in it is really cool, and they even do. Uh, they even have. Here's something I bet you won't expect. They had a CGI team for this for this uh, show. So early on, um, where she kind of like starts to like chess clicks with her is she's hooked on these um, tranquilizers when she's a kid in an orphanage, and she takes them at night, and then they actually have her imagining chess games on the ceiling. The ceiling's checkerboarded, and they hired a cgi team to have the visions of chess like moving around on the ceiling and stuff and then she you know throughout the series they keep kind of doing that imagery and um yeah it's it's surprising to watch a show about chess and then see a like 30 person long list of who did the computer animations for the 1950s chess tv show but um yeah no it was really it's really good and they do a lot of like little subtle like chess imagery throughout like sometimes they dress her in a way where she stands out like you know like she looks like a like a white piece along in like a sea of black or like that sort of thing and like a sea of black pieces or whatever and it's 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 really well done they have a lot of like checkerboard sort of imagery and um and just in terms of i started to say like the cinematography like there's a lot of really cool shots i was like wow that's really well framed like 
you know, if they need to make it look isolated, they'll like do it in such a way where it's very visually isolating. And it's for, again, for a show about chess, it has really insane production values and feels really like top notch. And it's very surprisingly compelling as someone who knows nothing about chess. So that's kind of, I guess, in a nutshell, Queen's Gambit. Um, it's really just like, I mean, you hate chess, so the fact that I don't hate chess, I just never got into chess. There's a difference, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, it, it, it is just a, uh, it is just a really good ride for those seven episodes. Um, and again, it's really weird to see people from like shows we know as, or movies we know as kids. Like, I know I already said this, but literally like seeing a guy and being like, where do I know him from? And being like, oh my God, it's Dudley from like the first two Harry Potters. Like, but now he's grown up. Like that was just kind of a trip too. But, um, did they replace the actor for Dudley? Uh, maybe they did. Maybe he's in all of them, actually. I just would only, when I think Dudley, I think him in like the very first Harry Potter's where Harry's still at the house and he's being a jerk to Harry. I don't think like later where he's a little more, you know, like the later books where he almost, almost gets some closure. But. Does he get any development in the movies? Cause I, I, I guess I, I wouldn't I, I mean, know. I, I think. Third. I'm trying to remember. But I, don't I think mean, he at came one out point, of the last one. I think in the books at one point he basically, they do kind of like a, you know, like one of those sort of like I, it's not literal, but one of those sort of things in where it's like the characters that hate you kind of do that head nod, like all right, I can respect you. Like I feel like they do a variant of that in Harry Potter. I don't actually remember. I think um, that's after him that, and Draco, not Dudley. Oh, was it? Oh, maybe. Okay, then I don't know what happened with Dudley, except he now plays yeah, chess. Yeah, because I want. It has an American accent. He just straight up like leaves the Dursleys and like they're just afraid of Harry, so they just kind of leave him alone at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. They just kind of part their ways, and that's. Kind of it. I could have sworn well, Harry the, like saved in, him at one point in one of the yeah one of the, in, yeah in order to make he saves him. But yeah. in the seventh movie at the beginning, uh, I believe he sends the Dursleys away for their own safety. Right, but I think at that point, like, isn't there sort of the little like okay, Harry sort of thing? I don't think so. Well, that was that was uh, the movie. I, I can't tell you anything about the books. I only read up to the sixth book. I think. Really, you didn't just finish at that point. You're so close. Nah. Okay. Or I think I, I finished with with Order of the Phoenix. I think that was the that was the last mm. one because I that was read... the longest book. And I said, you know what? I don't need to do this again. <laughs> I read every book in one sitting the day it came out, starting with the fourth or fifth. Not by choice per se, but when I was—I mean, I enjoyed How's it, it not obviously. By choice, but I, I enjoyed yeah, it, it not... obviously. I, I'm getting there. Oh, very much. No, I very much enjoyed it, but I was a moderator on Nintendo's official forum, and everyone loved to post in conversations about Star Fox Adventures or whatever, you know, Snake Kills Dumbledore. Spoiler. Uh, so I had to make sure I didn't, as the guy that had to go remove those, actually get spoiled. So I would just sit and read the book in one day. Um, I very much enjoyed doing it. Don't get me wrong. I've never done it with anything since, but it was like the, the little life hack for those who need to travel back in time and buy a Harry Potter book is um, the grocery store. Everyone goes at midnight to the bookstore and it sells out, but the grocery store just has them at the checkout counter. And you can just get them, and they have like dozens of copies. So you can just roll in at like 1 p.m. on launch day, and they still have plenty. Damn. So if you go back in time to buy Harry Potter, here. there you go. There you go. Um, but yeah, it was funny to see like Dudley and Queen's Gambit, or like um, I think I said like Maze Runner, like one of the kids from Maze Runner was in it, but now grown up, and that was sort of a trip. Um, There's like yeah, 50 kids in the Mace Runner. What? Yeah, it was the one, uh, the blonde kid. I forgot his name. I oh, remember. yeah, that narrows it down. It does, because there's like half of the dozen are blonde and half, so it's six instead of 12. <laughs> but, uh, you know, honestly, Maze Runner was like a surprisingly decent riff on the dystopian future where only teenagers can save us. 
thing. Like, I actually really <laughs> enjoyed the first Maze Runner. The later ones, less so. But, like, I really liked the first one for what it you was. You watched all of them? They made it through With a friend series? of ours. With a friend of ours. Um, yes, he wanted to finish the series. So, Actually, no, the last one we were going to see in theaters but didn't. And I ended up watching it on airplane because I needed my closure, sort of, I guess. I don't know. But, yes, I've uh, seen them all. The sunk cost fallacy, I see. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, so yeah, like uh, what's not franchise. a sunk cost? What? It's like me and the Twilight franchise. I saw, I think, like the first two. I was like, damn it, I gotta see the other one, though. <laughs> and yet, you couldn't get yourself to finish the Harry Potter book, but you did finish Twilight. But you finished Twilight. That, that <laughs> one, that one requires Man. way more power investment than it is to watch that's a true. It, movie. it is. Yeah. That's true. It's more, uh, active than passive because you have to actually move your eyes across words. Yeah. <laughs> and process it with your brain. <laughs> I follow. <laughs> I do follow, honestly. Um, yeah, I feel like, I never actually saw the Twilights. I think I've seen half of a Twilight. And I never saw Hunger Games, somehow. But I've somehow seen all of Maze Runner. It doesn't make sense. But anyway, that's Queen's Gambit. <laughs> I think I saw the first two Hunger Games, and then that was it for me. The uh, I have a huge crush on Jennifer Lawrence, but it was not worth it. <laughs> the uh, I, I will say, to your sunk cost fallacy comment, Angel, one show that isn't, I would say, is The Queen's Gambit. Ah, There's your poll quote for the back of your non-existent box, Netflix. Not but, a sunk cost uh, fallacy. It's not a sunk cost fallacy. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's uh it's it's a good show. It's a good show. I see why it got cool. so much hype. I see why Funko Pop so quickly was like we need to make character we need to make uh, Funko thingies of these characters or the main character. Uh, Funko. Yeah. What's anyway, what's wrong yeah. with Funko? What's wrong with Funko? No, I, I don't like Funko. Yeah, their their their, their pop vinyl thing is definitely. I mean, it's been I would say like over saturated for. A long time. Like, I feel sorry for anyone that collects them just because it just seems like a, a fool's errand. Because they just make so many of, like, every single series. It's like every character that ever existed, even if it was for, like, one frame, will get a pop figure. Or variants but, of, like, the Queen's Gambit ones are oh, three yeah, exactly. of the same character because she has three out. She has three phases of her life in the, in the series. So they have one for each phase and they sell them each individually. And she looks the same. They just swap out the clothes on it. And the haircut, Jesus. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and it feels like for anyone that collects Batman ones, like, God. Well, the but, insane one was, like, with the Mandal. Yeah, and, like, the insane thing is, like, the Mandalorian, like, the, the episode where, like, Baby Yoda eats the eggs in season two, like, ten minutes after it's on, on Disney+, Plus, Funko's like, here, get this Baby Yoda that eats eggs edition of the Baby Yoda Funko. It's like, what? What are you do- <laughs> doing? Granted, I own two Funko Pops, excluding the Conan ones I've gotten for free. Um, so I can't I am, diss them too much, but I am lucky enough to have not owned any. Because I mean, also you know, like the I am a more of a on model collector of sorts. Um, and yeah, since these, yeah, if it's not really on model, I typically won't collect it. That's why I'm okay with the Conan ones because they are riffs on different pop culture things, but they're all like that is the on model. There is no like Conan figurine normal. No, yeah, yeah. So there, 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 there are some are that cool. like there's some that like I'm more okay with. I still wouldn't get them. Especially because, you know, there's, like, plenty of other things to collect. Yeah. But especially, I mean, also, if you're not a collector of anything, I, I, I could see why. I could see the appeal. It, it's easy. But I will give um, credit to Funko, though, for their board game. Because I'm guessing we got a board game. It was, like, a Godzilla board game that we just, my brother and I found out existed. And we got it. And we played it. And we're like, whoa, this game is actually, like, really fun and cool. Like, it feels like they, like, a true 
everything moves the way you would expect a Godzilla board game to work. This is really nicely done. And we thought it was made by Funko. And we're like, what? Like, they make product we actually really liked. So It yeah. honestly blows my mind that the bubble for Funko Pops hasn't <clears throat> popped. But, like, really, like, how Beanie Babies I mean, they came to already. killed Robot, basically. But, they yeah. killed, yeah, they killed every other vinyl collectible in the game. And those I actually did like, because they were, like, because they were, like, yeah, because they were like stylized, but they were still kind of on model. So like, I did like the kid robot. Like, I got other Ninja Turtle stuff, but yeah, and not a kid robot, but like, like Disney tried to do their own version of Funkos at one point. Um, and they're now they just licensed to Funko. Like, they conquered Disney. How is that possible? Like, I don't understand how this bubble hasn't popped. They're so identical looking. Like, there's so many. Like, at some yeah, point, and they you keep know, going. I don't get it. I, it's crazy when you go I'm to conventions really and the booths are just walls of these. Like, I don't understand. I mean, the, the reach going. is also just amazing. I mean, like, literally from, like, obscure anime to random TV shows, like, to everything. To like, cereal mascots. They have a cereal mascot Yeah, exactly. One. Like, they I, have athletes. I mean, someone actually... I mean, there, there's obviously someone out there that is actually collecting every Funko, which... I, props to you but jesus i would love i mean i would love to see what that looks like but yeah Damn, i'd be afraid so to see many. what that looks like because i think it's gonna be the size of like the beverly hills mansion only, but just all funkos like it would have to be like a museum that much plastic. like a whole museum would probably have to fit yeah. everything but i'm just saying like think of all that plastic like how much that plastic like literally just how much plastic is required to be made for that like it's crazy like someone it's just sad, has like <laughs> Because yeah. they brought vinyl figure collecting to like the to the mainstream, but they also killed like the pioneers that started it and like the more mm-hmm. artistic ones. I mean, they're still around. They you'll find them more like at designer con. You probably won't really see a lot of pop vinyls there, except from like resale vendors. But yeah, if anything, I guess it made it even more underground. So I guess if that's if you like that about vinyl collecting, then I guess it made it better. It made you more like, oh yeah, I have I don't collect pop. I'm more of the things, the OG things, the but, hipster yeah. of vinyl collecting, basically, yeah, and not a vinyl hipster in the sense of albums that does exist already too. But they, yeah, um, I will say, but Funko does some neat stuff though. Like I have a bulb. I mean, again, it's not a model, whatever. But I have a little Bulbasaur, and it's like a felt material. It's like a, I don't know what to I call it. It's like soft. Pokemon. I'm gonna be what? so torn if they ever make a chat top one. If they ever get through like every Pokemon, doesn't seem like they will. I don't know. They seem to be extremely choosy on the freaking like starters and Pikachu. Yeah, but honestly, yeah. the only reason I even have the Bulbasaur and like Bulbasaur is not even my favorite Pokemon or anything, but like it was right when lockdown was starting, and I was like, the desk I'm using at home is really plain, and I don't want to take things off the shelves because I have those all on shelves with purpose. You know, like I intentionally put them there, so I don't want to like, break the whatever so i bought the little bulbasaur and uh yeah he's my little desk mate and he made the hop the jump to my apartment and still sits on my desk and the cats like to nibble his uh plant bud on his back which is kind of funny hmm. do you have any kevin you don't have like a little all might bobblehead i mean pop pop figure no i don't uh i remember when we went to e3 that one time they were selling they were selling uh pops on the on the show floor I did yep. see a Todoroki one uh, that looked okay, but I think it's just the eyes that kill it for me. Yeah. So what initially – the first one I ever bought, I bought because somehow um, – because they didn't do the eyes on it, and that was F-Society, Mr. Robot. They did the mask, 
So it's just a mask oh, on a okay. little thing. Yeah, the ones thing. that have like a helmet or something on, like typically are look better. Yeah. So because they had the F Society's, also shout out Mr. Robot, best show ever, but uh, or one of the best shows ever. Um, but yeah, it had like the full face of the F Society mask. So it actually, it was just like a little stand for the mask, and I was like, well, that's cool. So I got that, and then the Bulbasaur and the Conan ones. And the Conan ones, I mean, literally, they're handed to me. I don't buy them. The Conan people just give them to me at events. I'm not special. So. Well. Yeah. Or wow. you. Well, I'm special. not special. I'm not special. That's my point. <laughs> I know. I've also gotten these before, but. Yeah, and I then you I sold used... it 10 seconds later for 60 bucks instantly from some dude on, to some dude on the street. That's yeah. awesome. I did. Did, he, yeah, did he, did he offer the $60 or did you tell him, uh, 60 bucks? Um, there were like a couple people offering, and he was like the one offering sixty. So I'm like, yeah, they'll take you. Cool. It's fine <laughs> to say literally like. So what for those who they don't run know, up like, to you and they're like like holding out the like, hey, I'll sell it for forty, sell it for fifty, sixty. Yeah, for those for those who don't know, every year Conan does a week of shows down at Comic Con, and um, really? they give the audience of each taping one of four or five how many tapings they do special Conan themed. <laughs> pop vinyl so it'd be like conan as aquaman conan as conan as spider-man conan as a stormtrooper and they're only available to those audiences plus they make a like a maybe a thousand extra that they give away online or that's like the way other events around the convention that conan's hosting uh but basically there's only a couple thousand of them they're very exclusive they're like have a huge profile because they're on tv and people will just stand in front of the theater like dozens of people and just literally wave money at you when you walk out from the taping and be like we'll take it we'll take it it's like it's crazy it's like an auction house that you're walking into it's yeah but it's um so i've i think i've won i have at least one from every year that conan's taped down there sometimes i've scored a couple from other conan events um one of them signed by him which is pretty cool got him to sign it but uh yeah so that's why that's why people are like throwing money when angel walked out with his is it's like a whole cottage industry hmm Hmm. Interesting. Yep. Yep. Um, Angel brought brought up uh, All Might, so I'll bring this up. I I finally got around to seeing the uh, second My Hero Academia movie. This is where Jason tunes out because we're about to talk anime. Oh, I'm still tuned in. I'm just confused as hell. <laughs> uh, Angel, you haven't seen the first two movies. You well, you haven't seen the first movie, right? No, I haven't seen either of the movies, but. Yeah, I am. But you're, 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 show, you're caught up with the, the anime. Okay, yeah. So I recently yeah. caught up to that too. All time. Um, so the first My Hero Academia movie, Two Heroes, that movie took place in between seasons two and three. Yeah, cause I remember one of the seasons ended with like Deku going to All Might, like, oh, we're going to go to America or something. And then, yeah. you know, the next season starts after that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like literally like a trailer for the movie, which kind of funny pretty, pretty much yeah i i think it was like a special episode um at, during season oh, three right. yeah it was, it, was a, it was a special episode during season three that took place during season two and then the movie takes place in between seasons two and three and the movie's that first movie's okay the story is fine they, they there's a very contrived way that they get all the heroes onto that area that they're in but the final battle is, is incredibly flashy. It looks really nice. Um, but at the end of the day, there was almost like no stakes involved, obviously, because it takes place in between seasons two and three. So then uh. with this movie, this movie apparently takes place further ahead in the timeline. So not only does it take place 
after the anime, like the where the anime is currently at, but it takes place after the manga. Spoilers? Um, uh, they, it's they've said they've said this as much in in interviews. Like this is this is public public information. Yeah, and um, I guess like I mean the show literally starts like the series begins. I remember with like Deku narrating like, "Oh, this is a story about how I became the best hero, the number one hero in the world." So yeah, exactly. I guess you know he eventually succeeds, but I mean mm-hmm. I kind of forget that, and it's like, oh, I have to remind myself like, oh, that's right, he's gonna be okay. Yeah, he's but... gonna be fine, which which always kind of <laughs> kills. Uh, yeah, tension every it, now it kind of sucks. Like you know, plot armor is a thing, but it sucks when they straight up tell you they have at plot the beginning. Armor. Yeah, yeah, like before you even know them. But I, I really enjoyed this movie, especially, especially after how okay I guess the first movie is. Where should I go with this? As I already said, this movie does take place in the future ahead of the manga, and there are little things in there that you see like, oh, interesting. That hasn't been introduced yet, but it's not big enough so that it spoils whatever is supposed to come. Um, I guess you do see some villains. That have been introduced in the manga. That you're like, oh, okay, up to this point, they're going to be fine. Which, I guess, doesn't kill the movie. I guess it kills the series and the manga a little bit more. Then, the finale has some very interesting ramifications for the series. That it might have been because of what I had done to prepare myself to watch the movie. But I got very <laughs> I emotional. It to your body for some reason. But, uh... I got very emotional at the final battle. The final battle is animated incredibly well. Far, far much better than anything that the show has done. Uh, I, I would say it rivals or it gets near the heights of like Mob Psycho season two. Whoa. Because, because Mob Psycho season two had some, had some visually stunning stuff. Um, Ooh, the teleporting fight? Jesus. Like, just like, oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's like, that's some creative, like just, fight choreography that I haven't seen anywhere else. Well, I guess specifically with that fight, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't talk about that fight specifically because the choreography is there, but the animation looks just as good as mob has ever looked. Uh, I think I'm, I guess I'm comparing this more into that, that two episode arc where mob goes into like that evil spirits mind. Mm. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. There's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then I would compare to that. And yeah, yeah that, exactly. that definitely seemed like they that episode got like a big budget. Yeah, exactly. So I would I would compare the final fight more to that than to the I, I forget his name Shimazaki I think or Shirazaki something like that. It looks awesome, but then that brings me to my gripe with both of these movies, which they don't look any better. Or if it's not a set piece. The, the movie will look just as good or worse than an episode of the anime, which boggles mm. my mind. I don't understand why both of these movies just look like an episode of the TV show. You would think that they would have the budget to make it look much nicer. I'm, I'm curious as to how much an episode costs to produce and then how much this movie costs because they have to be pretty similar. And I know you've seen, or I think we talked about this, but Think of the way that Naruto, the first series, uh, think of the way that that show looks. Now mm. think of how the first Naruto movie looks. The first Naruto movie looks so much better than any of the the TV shows. Like at a hundred, like a hundred percent of its runtime, it looks way better than the TV show. Yeah, you get that nicer, cleaner now. I mean, it's just like when you look at like the Rugrats 
TV show versus the movie. It's like when you go to the movie, oh, yeah, exactly. The first SpongeBob exactly. movie, it's like whoa, it's like you have shading now. <laughs> it's like something, yeah, exactly. Like um, and then for whatever reason, they just refuse to do that with this with this movie, this movie and uh, the previous movie. I don't understand why they just don't make it look better. It just looks like an episode of the TV show, and so annoying. There are definitely fights where you see where it's like, okay, they amped up the budget here. But then, with the exception of the final fight, I feel like the the other fights look just as good as, say, well, what's the, I guess, what's the most visually, what's the what's the best animated fight in My Hero so far? I'd probably say the final one, where... In Endeavor versus that one... Oh, no, no, I guess that wasn't the, the most recent one. I would say, like, the Deku versus, um... Oh, Bakugan. I forgot his name. Yeah, where he has, like, the little girl on his back the whole time. Oh, oh, uh, Deku versus, um, man, what's his name? Mr. Overhaul. Overhaul. Yeah, Overhaul. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Deku versus Overhaul. Okay. Yeah. So that's one of the best ones. And man, I would, I wouldn't even say that some of the fights in this movie even get close to that to, to being animated as well as that. It's an, it's, I, I just don't understand why they can't make this, why, why they can't make these movies look better. That made me really curious to find out more about the production because anime is typically done it's just like as stingy as possible. Like they want to save as much money as possible, but yeah. usually I would imagine they usually try to like the movies are when they're allowed to, you know, get more creative and not worry as much about the budget. Cause you know, it's the movie you expect them to go more all out, but it's kind of weird to hear that it's still keeping us off restrained, except when it like really has to, I guess, which is, yeah. Hopefully yeah. The there, Demon Slayer movie isn't like that. There, there are, there are so, what? I'm sorry? No, hopefully the Demon Slayer movie isn't like that. But the show by itself already, I feel, has really nice production. Yeah, the values. show already looks really nice. So I wouldn't be surprised if the if Mugen train looks really, really nice. But yeah, uh, as far as the movie goes, there's a new villain that's introduced that's very similar to All for One. Um, His name is Nine, and I'm sure you can guess why his name is Nine. <laughs> can you guess? The... He did something nine times. He's a cat. He's a cat. He has nine lives. That's my he, Jason is like 10% of the way there. Um, <laughs> so you mean I need 90 more percent to get there? I'm, yeah. On theme? Okay, good. Yeah. Um, all the, so in the first movie, I feel like none of class A1? 1A? Yeah, 1A. Uh, class 1A doesn't really have anything to do. That movie is very much, this movie is about Deku and All Might, while this movie does utilize all the heroes and it's like oh finally they're being useful for once and it's really really cool to see them all come together since it takes place in the future they have uh not controlled their powers but they have realized the so how long is this time jump like it doesn't sound i mean it sounds significant but not like oh they're adults at this point yeah so they're still in school do they still look the same? Do they actually look aged they, up a little? They look they look the same. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I guess in that case I won't spoil. Well, I guess it's not a spoil since it's public information. Um but there is a third movie. Uh, so apparently this movie was supposed to be the final movie. They weren't going to make any movies after this because of the way that this movie sort of sets up the future of the series. Because apparently some of the ideas that were used in this movie were going to be used for the finale of the series itself. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, while I don't think the first movie is considered canon, this movie will be considered canon. Um, Wait, it's not considered that, canon? 
I, I mean, I wouldn't consider the first movie canon. I mean, I mean, chronologically, yeah, it's canonical, but it's like, it's almost like a whatever movie. This movie could not exist. Yeah, Um. this movie could have not been made and like nothing would have changed. I feel like this movie does have some stuff where it will change. Like, I, I'm going to be curious to see how they incorporate this into the manga. Um, Mm. and so like I said, originally this movie was supposed to be the final movie, but they have confirmed a third movie and they did show one picture of who is it bakugo deku and uh todoroki in super awesome black suits so i'm curious to see how that movie will then be integrated into the future of the series or if that movie is just going to be like okay this this is the last movie and this is the very very end of my hero as it as it stands because like i said i think i think heroes rising was supposed to technically be the series finale of the uh of the manga but i don't know money talks so I'm sure they saw how much money this movie made in Japan and said, oh, you know what? Let's make another one. Um, Let's get to here. Yeah. Least. Like I said, the the movie is really good. I like the story of this one a little bit better. It's the heroes or, or Class 1A actually having to be heroes on like a small island that then gets attacked by some new villains. And yeah, that's... I, I mean, I really enjoyed the movie, especially the ending. The, the Like I said, the, the, the final fight is animated beautifully. Um, I did get emotional. But that just might have been because of my state of mind. Yeah. And well, yeah, if, I mean, if you got emotional, I can only imagine how how I'll get. Yeah. <laughs> I I want to see, I want to hear your reaction because, uh, especially the the first movie is is almost like it's almost like filler, while this movie actually feels important to the series. And I know you've um, mentioned to me before that it's on Amazon, but is it like Amazon Prime just free to stream, or is it like Amazon like? three bucks or four bucks to rent it or something like that uh so i think the first movie is like three bucks or four bucks to rent it but the second one uh i believe you can see it for free if you do a trial of stars so i mean that's that's the way that i saw it interesting so i'll just and i canceled my star subscription not like immediately (laughs) right afterwards so i don't have to worry about that so (laughs) i have um, to do that as well yeah, that was uh My Hero Academia Heroes Rising. Very good. At eight out of ten. If 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 that final fight wasn't as cool as it was, it six out of ten. Maybe even five <laughs> out of ten. That's how much that final fight elevated that, that movie. I think they're really important. They could definitely make or break a whole movie. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, and that'll do it for Heroes Rising. Uh what is Niza? So Niza, which apparently is pronounced Nisha. Oh, okay. Yeah, on I want to say Saturday. It was like the weekend before um, I had to go back to work. So, you know, like we were like on our little holiday break. And I just wanted to the night to keep going because, you know, I just wanted to just stay in a nice restful, restful vacation mode. I think it was already like midnight at that point. And I somehow ended up watching Rango. And yeah, I enjoyed it. It was cool. But then after that, um, I was still on Netflix and I saw this movie Nisha that I've heard about because, you know, I follow a lot of like animation Twitter accounts. So I'm aware of like the big movies from other countries as well. But this one kind of stood out to me just because it's a CG film. And while it does have kind of like a Pixar Disney art style, and if you look at some of the characters, like some of those could literally be in some of those other movies and you wouldn't bat an eye. Um the way it was animated because it's a much more action-oriented movie which pixar and disney don't really focus on like sometimes they have some action set pieces but it's never really combat centric and this one is all about that and it just looked like i just remember thinking like whoa this looks cool 
and I saw that it was on there and I ended up watching it and yeah it it was cool like it I mean for one thing like this is like apparently like the first Chinese animated film to ever be in IMAX and it was actually like a really really big hit over there because it's it follows um one of the, the story of Nisha and their folklore it's like loosely adapted I guess the way Disney would adapt any other folklore for that matter but yeah like in a nutshell like it revolves around something called the Chaos Pearl and it's like this like demonic entity that like if not controlled like can destroy the world you know the usual stuff but this like i guess <laughs> i don't know what to call them this, this like super deity um senses to like i guess sub deities to try and contain it they're kind of unable to so the super deity has to step in and he splits the chaos pearl into the demon orb and the spirit orb pretty much like you know it's yin and it's yin and it's yang and he puts a curse on the demon orb that like three years from now like this bolt of like divine lightning is gonna strike it and like completely eviscerate it um i don't know why it had to be three years from now and why he couldn't just do it then and there but maybe there's just you know something else that isn't explained to western audience because i watched it subtitled well, actually i can't really say that i watched like 50 percent of the movie dubbed and then i watched the later half subbed i don't know how i made it to 50 percent or how i made it halfway through watching it dubbed when the dub was i would say it's terrible um <laughs> it's like <laughs> i mean like the movie like it's an action comedy, um, but it, I mean, it kind of like the way Coco or any Pixar film is a blank comedy. Like, you know, it has humor, but I mean, it has like a lot of heart and it has action and some heavy moments as well. Um, there's like a lot of humor sprinkled throughout, but the English dub is just so over the top. Like the character voice, it, like it feels like I'm watching, like they make it feel like I'm watching like a film made for like very very young children because usually for very very young children you want the characters to be very over the top and ex and exaggerated in the way they talk just to keep them entertained but this one like yeah the the chinese dub like while you do have some eccentricness to a lot of the voice acting it isn't as played up as much and you could i don't know and, and i feel like just the deliveries obviously i can't i don't understand mandarin but the deliveries felt a lot more genuine like i don't know it just felt better I mean, on top of the fact that the dubbing was, like, animated for the Mandarin version versus the English version, so that obviously helps. And, you know, it just, it lends to its authenticity. I mean, I, if I can watch something, I don't know, I, I tend to lean more towards, um, if a film takes place, like, this is, like, obviously set in China, like, I would rather watch it in subtitled anyway. I just want to check out the dub just out of curiosity just like for greater immersion i mean it just kind of takes me out a little bit sometimes when like i'll watch like a movie set in tokyo but everyone's speaking english and in some cases you might even get a character that is from america go to japan but they're also speaking english but everyone else is you know supposedly speaking japanese even though they're speaking english but you also get that in a lot of anime where you're everyone's speaking like japanese and then they go to america and like literally everyone speaks japanese and you're like, yeah, that, that's not how it works. But, you know, <laughs> it is, it just is, is what it is. Like, Space Brothers comes to mind where they go to Austin for, like, a good portion of the show. And literally everyone is, like, fluent in Japanese, which is, it's kind of funny. Like, it, you know. But anyway, yeah, watch the, watch the sub if you watch it. And, yeah, so that's the plot. And the, where this movie, like, really, like, shines, I guess I would say is in its, like, the essence of its plot. Like, it just has a lot of heart. Like, I love that. Like, after, you know, the Demon Orb... I mean, the Chaos Pearl was split into the Demon Orb and the Spirit Orb. You could kind of guess that. Oh, 
the demon orb is the bad side, the spirit orb is the good side. So they were going to actually reincarnate the spirit orb, you know, just have like the good parts of it reincarnated in a newborn child of like the king and queen of this land over here. <laughs> I forgot the name of it. But um, essentially during like the ritual where the mom was about to give birth, the villain actually ends up switching the spirit orb for the demon pearl, for the demon orb. And as you would imagine, so now like this child is born with the demon orb inside and he's like the embodiment of chaos and they have to try to control him. And he ends up like becoming ostracized. It's pretty much like if you watch Naruto or... I was, I was about to say, this sounds exactly like Naruto. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much like it kind of follows that. and But in a... I guess in the opposite of like he actually has his parents that love him and still try to give him in the right direction, but he just knows he doesn't belong. Like he knows something is up. Because like in Naruto's case, like he was just like a normal kid for the most part in the beginning. Like it's not like his powers were always going out of control. People just knew that he was he has the nine tailed fox inside of him, so they were afraid of him for that. This kid, literally from birth, like is already like causing havoc all over the place, like blowing up buildings, nearly killing people and stuff like that. That they had to like so they they have a right to be afraid of him. They see him as a monster and you know, he's still like a little kid, so like he doesn't really quite understand. He hates that everyone hates him, he hates that he has this uncontrollable rage and they end up telling him that oh don't worry like you're just you just trying to learn your powers you're actually the spirit orb and you know they try to raise him that way and it kind of works but obviously since the villain has a spirit orb they actually end up reincarnating a newborn dragon in with the spirit orb to use that child for their evil agenda because in this universe the dragons are for the most part enslaved as jailers like they're meant to hold back like the titans or like the very powerful evil deity that if are released will wipe out everything so the dragons in a way are kind of trapped there because they can never go out otherwise those monsters will be released so they want to use this reincarnated spirit or dragon child to try and i guess like save the day up there so that they can win the favor with the main god and maybe replace the dragons or like just get their freedom and that obviously creates some conflict because now you have Oh, well, you still have the three-year countdown that's coming up, so the parents know this, and they want to do what they can to try to stop it so that, you know, their son doesn't die. It's still their son. So you have that going on. You have the conflict with the spirit orb. Like, you know, he is obviously extremely good in nature, but he's been raised by the villain, so he also has that internal conflict. And then you get to the action. Like, I won't spoil anything more beyond that. I mean, that's not really a spoiler, but I won't dive any deeper because I think it's worth watching at that point. Um, but the action and everything is just animated in such a cool way. Like, just in a way that I don't really feel I've seen CG get animated enough. I mean, Into the Spider-Verse, like, it's an amazingly animated film that has its own very unique style that I ended up watching, like, literally two days ago. Just kind of unintentionally, I just wanted to watch, like something in the opening credits and ended up just watching the whole thing that makes it like the 10th or 11th time that i've watched that film and it still gets to me but uh, still bothers me that he spray paints his whole suit and somehow the fumes or the suit doesn't become like a i don't know stiff mess i mean it's not the whole suit but it definitely is the mask he spray paints the whole suit except for like the edges of the hands and feet that's literally it and then he just spray paints like another spider symbol on it but then i don't know i i like to i mean obviously it doesn't kill them. So I just imagine, all right, I guess there must be some special spray. But I, I was paying I attention specifically to that. In a movie about a kid getting bit by radioactive spire, concern is, concerns the paint fumes of all things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's just something that like feels like kind of overlooked. Like, obviously, like, 
I am very much in the mindset of if it works in universe, then obviously it's accounted for. So like the only reason like I don't like it doesn't kill me is because like I just assume like all right it's accounted for because it all works out. It's kind of the whole reason why like anytime there's like these theories or you know like fan discourse on like oh if like if Sonic were real or whatever then he would like break his legs because if you run that fast it just wouldn't work or whatever like well like Sonic can run that fast because he doesn't he doesn't break his legs so clearly Wait, he you, doesn't have you, you mean the same... to tell me there's there's an actual discourse around gee your legs can't form a figure eight like that in real life really <laughs> like that's a, just, that's I a mean, thing it's the internet they celebrate everything there's like discourse about like oh like Godzilla would actually collapse under his own weight it's like no because like you're using like you're assuming that he has like the same kind of like skeletal structure that we know about like he's obviously a fictional creature so whatever he has keeps him up so you kind of have to like flip it around Am I just, like, not like it, on the right parts of the internet? Is there a discourse somewhere about how warping through a pipe doesn't make sense? Like, is Nintendo's world just accepted as is, but no one else's is? Is that... I'm how sure does there Kong, is. Kong I mean, Tai is Like, are those things that come up? Like, <laughs> I'm sure, like, they, like, stole that clothing from, like, a like an airplane wreck or something. <laughs> but it says DK but, on uh, it. Like, how do you get that custom stitch? Like, come on. He named himself DK after it. Hmm. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's the name origin. Uh, no wonder Nintendo won the lawsuit against Universal and King Kong. Makes sense. Yeah, but anyway, like ignoring that stuff, like Spider-Verse has its own art style, but I had never seen like, I guess, such a high energy, high impact, like combat. Just anime is so cool. It was just really cool. It was just visually awesome just to watch it in the same kind of like Pixar, Disney, CG art style because you just don't really see that. And I think for almost for that alone, it's like worth checking out if you're wor- if you enjoy seeing that kind of action. Um, yeah, sometimes the the humor can get a little on the the juvenile side. Like there are some fart jokes, but I don't the power. But like everything else, like the power level of like the characters in this movie is like all over the place. Like you almost never really know how powerful some people are. Like some people that you think might be like not as tough end up being a lot tougher there's like a ogre that they're chasing for a while that looks like it's just going to be a comedic relief like bumbling like i don't know filler evil dude but he ends up being like this powerful bubble ogre that literally shoots bubbles that if they touch you they turn you into like stone and you become like a mobile so like he suddenly becomes like this big threat and it's like oh i didn't realize it was going to be like another like mini set piece fight or something but yeah it's it's interesting it's very different like it's definitely made me more interested in checking out other um other other chinese animated films like as of now i think there is a sequel for this film like i don't think it's a direct sequel to this but it's set in the same universe i don't think that's been released and if it has i don't think it's been released in the u.s the only other chinese film that i know of that has been released that i'm gonna check out now is called white snake um which i think it's made by the same studio because the character design and the action at least on the trailers looks you know like it's cut from the same cloth but yeah need to check that out just definitely it's just nice thing like there are more and more like studios coming out that are just producing like really good quality stuff so that you know it's not just disney or pixar like i like that sony has been like stepping their game up even before spider-verse like say what you will about the transylvania series like the way that film is animated is probably one of like my favorite ways that films are animated because it's literally animated like a rubber hose cartoon like it's just so visually interesting to look at the characters like squash and stretch and like move around all zany and cg like i think before that cloudy with a chance of meatballs like also by sony like started animating that way but hoso transylvania like really pushed it and i don't know it's just really awesome but it's cool to see like just more studios especially all over the world like kind of 
catch up and you could even say like and surpass other studios like in some instances like like i said the action i think is really really great here but to to yeah, that point i don't know if you show. guys know studio ghibli's first cg movie will be on hbo max the first weekend of february yep february 5th earwig yep. and the witch yep yep i'm sure if we're going to we... talk about it afterwards yeah definitely watching that it looks i mean art style like it looks like they definitely took like you know the 2d drawings and adapted them to cg but yeah I am hoping it doesn't, because I mean, Ghibli films, like, they have, like, a lot of, like, scenes where it's almost, like, kind of breathtaking how beautiful it looks in 2D, like, their sweeping landscapes, a lot of even mm-hmm. their action or, like, dramatic scenes, but... They look like paintings often. Yeah, I hope that isn't lost in the CG, tra- in the transition to CG. It looks nice and clean, but it, yeah, I guess only yeah, time at what cost I mean, there's that movie. That, it's clean at what yeah. cost, yeah. I mean, besides that movie, the another movie that's coming out in February that I'm definitely checking out is um, Lupin the First. Oh, yeah, that, that's like, awesome. I didn't watch the series, but I did watch, because Ghibli... I think Lupin the Third? Yeah, Lupin the Third, the first. It's just something like that. But, oh yeah, Lupin the Third is a series. Like, I know that series is, like, really, really old, and it even had a series that came out recently-ish. And by recently-ish, I mean, like within the last decade but i never watched any of those i just knew of his existence all i've seen about lupin is um the movie directed by ghibli of course and that one's on netflix at least it should be at least that's where i saw it maybe it's gone already and if it is it'll probably be on hbo max because that's where the ghibli stuff is but it's like the count of castle calistro or something like that and i really really like that film it made me a fan of like the character so after seeing like the trailer for that new lupin movie it looks really cool it looks like they literally took the animation and the characters and translated them really well in cg and the action looks super awesome like i really want to see that movie but just torn between watching it digitally and then hoping to get like a blu-ray copy but we'll see i don't mind supporting it like just checking it out digitally and if i really like it buying the blu-ray later just because it won't be available first so you know digital usually available before the physical but yeah that's nisha cool 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 and i think with that there's, there's nothing else on the docket unless you got something jason uh, I could bookend our conversation about some of our listener metrics real quick, if you're curious. Uh, uh, yeah, sure. 34 countries. 34 countries. Okay. Um, including, shout out to our one listener in uh, Chechnya or and another listener in uh, Panama. And also to our listener who Panama. really enjoys Bing Crosby. Oh. So oh. Spotify gets creepy with his metrics. Uh, that's only Spotify, yeah. by the way. Other site, you know, there may be other people from other countries through other means, but that's Spotify. So now we can conclude. All right, cool, cool. <laughs> and uh, that'll do it for this uh, episode of Quarantine Chronicles. Little, little lighter on the, the topics, but it's the beginning of the year. We're still, we're still uh, recharging from last year's debauchery. <laughs> um, and next week we will have a new episode of Random Nintendo. That I should be on. I missed last week. Uh, schedule, you know, scheduling so hard nowadays. And we missed you. Thank you. I did listen to the. I did listen to the episode. There, there was one thing that you guys brought up. Like you, you asked a question of like what? Oh, the carts. Mm-hmm. The cart question. Oh yeah, your favorite cart uh, racing game. Oh, no, not that one. It was like what series? I think you asked like what series would get a good cart racer out of it or something like that. Uh, we talked about spinoffs, and that led to him saying, uh, Angel saying, Rhythm Heaven Racers. Rhythm Heaven, yeah. Um, I think I could have sworn that you asked him, like, like, 
I think we well, I think we have to, what, what theories or what like game franchise like would get a good spinoff or like what kind of yeah and I think he ran in the cart direction with it because we were talking about oh okay so, yeah gotcha okay, never mind oh what what, what, wait, what was your answer to you the question got? it sounded like you had oh an I was gonna, I was I was gonna say like I was gonna say uh, uh like Marvel just in general like that Marvel characters cool. in like a cart racing never ever crossed my mind like DC or Marvel having like their own like kart racer because you know they've had fighting games i guess you know marvel's mm-hmm. capcom yeah. and they've had justice but and they've had cool. action rpgs it'd be kind okay. of funny to see them branch out into like a dc party game or like a marvel party game or a kart racer or like and they a can sport, like <laughs> even though like a sports franchise i could be hilarious to see like gotham sluggers or something and they could leverage uh what's the what's the animated series they're doing on Disney Plus now, which is like the other story, like the what if Marvel or oh, whatever. The so they if, could yeah. leverage they could do like what if Marvel cart racers and it like excuses the weirdness of it instantly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well anyways. You'll have a new episode of Random Nintendo next week. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Random Nintendo. You can follow us individually on Twitter. I am KVN Gomi. Jason is JSR seven. Angel is Wyro underscore O W E I R O underscore O. Yep, Wyro. Yep. W E I R O. You can follow us on any of your favorite podcast platforms: Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. What do I? I don't Pandora. have the list in front of me, so I can't. iHeartRadio, Pandora, possibly TuneIn, Amazon. TuneIn. They have podcasts. I don't know if we're there. Oh, they, they have podcasts have now. Oh, they do. Look into that. Let's expand our wings a little bit. I will. I will. Uh, on YouTube, we are randomnintendo.com, and I think that's going to do it for the housekeeping. Am I right there, Jason? I think so. Yeah. That's right. Be it. So and with that, that we will uh, leave you with Jason's final word. I'm going to do a two for one. Shout out to our one listener in Romania, and two, what if Marvel Kart Racers? Let's make it happen. Thanks.